0: This is the 212 Podcast. We speak to people in the arts, events and entertainment biz to get an insight into the minds of the people in it. Our next guest on the podcast this week is a first, two members of a quartet band. They are UK-based with an incredible debut album on the horizon. Their scritching and scratching of melodic beats gets stuck right in the cranium. Here are a few of the aisles from Penelope Isles. Welcome to the podcast, Jack and Lily. How are you and where are you today?
1: Yeah, we're well. Thanks so much for having us. We're in Brighton in my bedroom with the sun shining in.
0: Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's a good start that there's actual sunshine in Brighton at the moment. One of the first things, I guess, just to point out is that you guys are siblings. And I know I, I love my sister to bits, but I definitely, definitely could not be in a band with her. How do you guys get on with that? Yes, like
2: surprisingly well, actually. I mean, naturally we have little hiccups along the way, but now it's genuinely like a, a really blessed situation and we get to share a lot of experiences together, like travelling and obviously writing and recording. Yeah, feel really lucky.
1: Yeah, I think at times we probably think that we couldn't really do it without each other sort of thing. We need, need each other a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, I guess you think about the negatives if you're thinking about siblings and living with each other for for so long and, and being in each other's pockets, you think of the negatives. But you guys have just brought up the positives, which is that you get to go and have this awesome lifestyle and doing music together. Yeah, I
1: think as well, Like, obviously, there are really tough times. And because we're siblings, it's almost tougher than sometimes than if you are just with your friends but i think because of the fact that we're we're family we also are able to get over those sort of hurdles quite easily and quickly and move on move on and not look back
2: (laughs) is the
0: emotion more heightened when you do have arguments
2: uh yeah i think so yeah it kind of it hurts more i mean it's probably usually me that lily's a lot more kind of patient than me so it's usually lily that might get the brunt of it maybe after like like two weeks on the road or something. <laughs> um, but um, now we we genuinely, it's good vibes, which is really, we feel really blessed. But also like uh, there's six years between us. So we spent a lot of our lives kind of like in different periods of our life, if you know what I mean. She was younger than me. So we didn't always spend a lot of time together. So when Lily got to the age that we both started hanging out together, we were excited about that. You know, we finally became friends. If, you, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. When was Best that for you, Lillian? When... when did you get When did you get to the stage where you were like, I probably uh, quite want to hang out with my brother a little bit more.
1: I think it's when Jack kind of bullied me when we were kids. <laughs> I remember I used to make one time he babysat me. My mum and dad went out. And I made a double sided A four page of notes of things that he did to me <laughs> when he was out, dragging me down the stairs, stealing my toy, hiding my things, just being horrible. Bear in mind like he was
2: probably about fifteen. And I was No, I was probably about like I was about ten or something, and you would have been like four. <laughs> no, no, no. Who can who can write a list at
1: four? Anyway, not at the point. <laughs> But but basically when he went away to uni, he came back and he was just this like lovely big brother. I think he sort of like I don't know, he sort of thought, Oh, I've got quite a cool little sister here. I might might uh might start being a little bit nicer to her.
2: Well it was more for the fact that I came back from uni and I wanted to start a band and like Lily Lily could could play music. So I was like, Oh, this might work. So I
0: taught how to play bass and that was it.
1: Yeah, and then we just became yeah we became
0: great friends so where did you you're in Brighton now where did you grow up and how's Brighton helped with music
1: we grew up in the Isle of Man and it was amazing it was such we, were, we had such a privileged upbringing we were we were really really lucky with parents that were nothing but supportive um with us wanting to do music you know I I started playing classical music when i was young and jack had loads of different bands on the go growing up but i think it it got to the point where you know there was only so many times we could sort of play the same pubs and to the same people so
2: Which, which was really important i think that whole phase of of well my life especially just that whole like start a band like playing playing covers maybe like you know starting writing songs like that was like the Isle Man had such a great little kind of there was like a handful of pubs that really supported it. It was a really great kind of weekend pub live scene.
1: Yeah, it was a magical, magical time. Like, we I had think, a great gang.
2: Yeah, and then but like obviously like wanting to take it to the next level, and you know you start thinking about like an actual career in music. Obviously, like small town, it's that like that small town thing. We had to kind of move move to the city you know so yeah that's so brighton lily lily actually went to university in brighton and then i kind of followed her and we started the band based based on that really
0: and it's so hard as well isn't it because you appreciate the support of a smaller uh place there's more people that could probably attend and 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 there's more you know cheering you on but ultimately Mm -hmm. there's that selfish moment where you really do actually have to just go actually i'm not gonna get anywhere unless i move
1: yeah, I think it's a whole big fish, small pond
2: situation. Yeah, and it's a shock to the system when you do move, and then it's like you kind of you are starting again, so to speak. But yeah, we we just took that mentality. You know, we weren't we just kept on going. We didn't kind of like you know get used to the fact that you could like fill a pub with fifty people, and that was as much as you could do. We kind of got to Brighton, and we just we, you know we st- we had these new bunch of songs that would be Penelope Isles, and then we just. We found a band and we basically just learned a really str- like a strong set, didn't we? we? got like six songs and then just went out and did loads of support sets just all over Brighton and
1: anything we could get. Yeah,
2: you know, we are doing like five gigs a week or sometimes It's like literally just going around and getting the name out. And Brighton's not massive either, as you know, man. So kind of, you know, it wasn't long before we kind of started building up a little fan base and then started
0: going down to London and yeah. Do you think that's where you go? As you mentioned, Brighton is it's incredible for music in that it, it really, you know, The Great Escapes is a perfect example, you know, it really does support the new and up and coming music. But do you think, you know, you've taken that Isle of Man to Brighton? And then do you think there possibly will be another step where you'd, you'd, you'd feel that Brighton was too small and you'd need to, to step up and go somewhere else? That's interesting you should say that. I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for Lily, but I think myself,
2: like, personally, and my lifestyle, like, I'm kind of using Brighton, like, as a kind of, as a way to, you know, get all the contacts and kind of get a name for myself and, and the band as a as a musician in order so I could probably go back to somewhere like the Isle of Man or, or Cornwall, somewhere, like, a little more chilled out. So it's kind of the opposite, really. I doubt we'd move anywhere, like, bigger and, like, you like london or
1: i think unless it was somewhere really far away like i would love to live in america i'd love to go and live in new york for a bit or something but just for a little chunk of life but i can't imagine us going to london i think we're uh,
0: we're seaside bumpkins yeah (laughs) most people i guess the, the vast majority don't do work that they would do for for free would you be in a band for for free if you had the option I mean, yeah, I think it kind of, it fluctuates
2: at the moment. I mean, we're we're about to do a tour next month, which is basically <laughs> we're doing it for free because of just the circumstances of, of COVID and, and financially it's quite difficult at the moment in the industry. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of are doing it for free at the moment and there are times where it feels like we're doing it for free. I mean, we were doing it for free for years and then, you know when we we just started making some money before covid and it felt really good and lily and i could actually pay ourselves like a little bit and so yeah i think we definitely do it for free we both work part-time as well at the moment so um
0: yeah did you study uh music i know you said that you did classical uh lily i think you did classical um did you learn all the instruments yourself
1: well classically i I used to play saxophone um, and I did like, all the grades on saxophone uh, and I played the harp, played the pedal harp, but I obviously needed lessons for those things. But as far as sort of what we play... She
2: is grade eight jazz sax. Just <laughs> just, just bigging her up there. She wouldn't do
1: it. <laughs> I was. I feel like one of my biggest regrets is sort of not keeping that up. But as far as sort of like playing in the band, I think, yeah, like I sort of it's a it's a bit of self self self-taught jack teaching me along the way i've never really had like lessons for for like bass and keyboards
0: yeah i i had a few guitar lessons when i
2: was younger yeah that's about it really
0: the um i've got to say the live i've listened to a few of your tracks and as well the live version of of Chlorine is is great. It sounds like oh, a mixture of kind of radiohead and broken bells. It's kind of this eerie underwater war, a voice that sounds like it's kind of whispering sweet nothings into your ear. So uh, where did you listen to and where did you get inspiration from to, to write that?
2: Oh, thank you for that. That's really kind of you to say. Um, chlorine was written on a holiday, actually, in, in Portugal, our auntie used to have a house out there and um we used to we used to go there like for some holidays and you know by the pool hanging out and I think it was that itchy that kind of horrible I used to get like a reaction to the chlorine and used to be itching afterwards and stuff and then when I started writing that song yeah I had that kind of like summery jangly feel to it but the song's a little bit What the song's about is a little bit darker. There was a bit of a kind of family like thing that happened within the family, like basically like someone left somebody, and it was all a bit kind of. It was one of the first things like that to happen in our family, and it was a little bit like shocking, I guess. Like we hadn't really experienced it, and we were all kind of kids and thought it was all like pretty gnarly. So that, that the the songs quite like the aesthetic of it is quite like fun and sunny, but actually it's kind of tackling quite a kind of not serious, but I guess upsetting <laughs> upsetting um topic.
0: I guess that the two examples I give of kind of Radiohead and Broken Bells do pretty much the similar vibe, I guess. There's there's a there's tracks, I guess, from Radiohead that, you know, uh fairly upbeat, but they're always they've always got a, a tinge of sadness to them. Totally, man. Yeah,
2: I would love Radiohead for that. Yeah, Deer Hunter, I've got a couple of songs like that as well. But yeah, just that juxtaposition, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned Deer Hunter there. Is there anyone you listen to at the moment who impresses you? I guess, is there anyone in in essence that's that's you know out there that might have been around for a little bit longer that you still you, you really love and look up to? And then there's if there's someone around you that possibly is just up and coming that you really love the sound of and think they're going to go places?
1: I think um, something that will always inspire us is the first Arcade Fire EP that one yeah I mean like the early Arcade Fire like as an overall sound and as a as a band unit that's really inspiring to us and then as for sort of new stuff there's this band that that are amazing from New York, and they're quite a small band. So they just started out, they're called U-B-E-T, like U-B-E-T, Y-O-U-B-E-T, and um, they're amazing. Yeah, I think everyone should check that record out. And yeah, it's that's,
2: like, that's another example of, like, a song. Like, their whole record, when you first listen to it, sounds really, like, almost, like, toy childlike. It's quite kind of, I think, like, nick the singer as well he's got a super kind of like light voice like almost quite like feminine sounding like i actually didn't realize it was a guy but yeah it's kind of got this real light feel to it but then like when you when you listen to the album a few times you really notice that it's really quite a deep you know
1: i think a lot of the albums about mental health and um those sort of struggles, but yeah, it has got an overall really light, playful sound. A lot of sort of Casio toy box noises and stuff like that. And I think it's all made on on, on tape, isn't
2: it? Yeah, definitely. Sa-
1: definitely sounds it. So, yes, yeah, great great record, and everyone should check these guys out before they get massive.
2: Yeah, I've been hammering um Richard Swift as well, and like the kind of the massive void of like different sounds that he's got. Like I, I didn't really know much of it before, but. Um... Yeah, just in terms of his production style, he makes, well, he made really great sounding tunes. Um, so I've really been enjoying his stuff recently.
0: Yeah, awesome. Your your first album, what did Bella Union's Simon Raymond uh, play in all of that? And, and take us through the timeline of events, how you got together and and where you uh, hope to aim to get.
2: Yeah, we we're so lucky to meet, Simon, so when we talked about when we moved to Brighton, we were probably here for about three or four years when we actually, well not came across Simon, but we we heard about him and one of Lily's friends um, Steve told me about the little vinyl shop that they just opened in town in Brighton so I was kind of just getting a little package of things together to go and pop in and kind of introduce myself and tell them about the band and then a few a few I, I didn't actually do that but a few days later we we played we played a show in brighton at the venue called the latest music bar and then simon someone had, someone had invited simon to come along and he watched the gig and he came up to us afterwards and just introduced himself and then we went for breakfast i think the next day or the day after and yeah we've we've had a really beautiful relationship uh, ever since it, it wasn't long after you know, he kind of offered us a deal and it's been a really sweet, kind of honest, like, they, you know, him, him and his wife, Abby, they're generally kind of, like, really good mates of ours now. And um,
1: Yeah, it kind of feels more of a family thing, almost.
2: Yeah, which is, I guess, important in terms of, you know, everyone talks about, like, the record label and, you know, the horror stories, uh, you know, uh, but it's really... I, I, we I think we're quite lucky in in of that. It feels like a really honest like relationship, and you know Simon's got a studio here in Brighton that we can use a lot of the time, and um, yeah, we're really lucky to have it. I, I mean, in terms of like you know when we were making the first album, we just started to think about making an album before we met Simon, and when we met him, he was like you know you can use our studio so we just basically like we were on tour quite a lot but when we were off off the road we just head down to the studio and we made the whole album down there ourselves likewise with the next record that we we're about to or that we've that we finish and we plan to release later this year
0: um yeah and i mean that's great as well because i mean there's nothing worse you as you mentioned you hear these horror stories it's uh uh, there 's nothing worse than a kind of dictatorial style of of management it just doesn 't work it It sounds like you 've got a real collaboration with them
2: totally man yeah and they, they actually Simon and Abby manage our, manage the band as well. yeah, the conversations are great, and I think it 's more like allowing us to kind of come up with ideas and just make and then having someone to kind of make that happen, so to speak you know I think we I think. You know we work. We, you know, I'd like to think we work quite hard, and you know that it's just.
1: And they really, really believe in us as well, which I can like. I always feel like we feel it, and it's just yeah,
2: it's a real honour. Yeah, it's a Like you said, it is a collaborate collaboration. It feels um, it's just night. It's just great to kind of get stuff done. You know, like we kind of like bring stuff to the table, and then you know, like a a few days goes on and then it's like, you know, the conversation just keeps on going. The story just keeps on building.
0: And they've been in the music biz for a while as well. So you must draw inspiration from them as well. Totally.
2: Yeah. And obviously like, you know, I think that people have made wrong turns like that as everyone does in life, like you know, so like, we're lucky to have that experience you know like Simon's been in in, in the industry obviously for a long time and Abby knows her stuff as well like she worked in radio in New York for years and um so yeah just having just like gentle advice but there's never any don't like you know if we there's you know there's been occasions where we've strongly felt about certain things and they might have not necessarily agreed with it but it's just not like that you know I think it's just they support us as well which is cool
0: and we mentioned your first album there. There's there's a link to the, the picture of your dad as well. What Tell us about that story.
1: Well, that photo was taken the week our parents met on holiday in Portugal. Our dad was living in Portugal and our mum was on holiday with her sister and they met in a bar that my dad was our dad was working at and um they just fell in love and they had a proper summer romance and and, and that was the first week that they met and our mum took that photo but it's actually quite funny because um in in the original photo there's a little flag in the sandcastle, castle and it's um it used to get like a little flag in the the sun newspaper and uh, we had to photoshop that out because um we don't like the sun <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, I guess COVID drew your tour that you were that you were planning to a, a premature close, even though it was cut short. How was the tour, and uh, and how did you and the other bands come together, and and you know what what does that look like in the future for for future tours?
2: I guess like we, we were just touring so much, and we we, we were actually quite fortunate that. We'd kind of just finished. Like, we had little bits on bobs planned, like, last year, but we genuinely, yeah, we just finished, like, the cycle of the tour. We were
1: rounding up a, a big, long stint.
2: Yeah, so we were actually quite lucky in, in the sense of that, like, we were basically done touring, and we were actually about, we'd, we had actually, the week that the UK went into lockdown, the first time round, like, last March, I think it was, like, we'd we'd actually booked an Airbnb in like the Southwest of England just to kind of go and lock ourselves away and, and start doing the second album. So we kind of planned isolation anyway, which was kind of funny. So yeah, we were quite fortunate, but then obviously it kept on going. Like we, you know, when we, we had loads of stuff planned that we were going to do and just kept on getting canceled. So I think like, yeah, just everyone's kind of general, you know, mood was just, down in the dumps i think across the whole of the yeah obviously the world but the industry but then yeah it was really interesting seeing like the whole live stream thing kind of take off and you know we did a couple of little live streams and we we've we've actually we've got a few we're doing this tour in next month it's all socially distant so it's going to be like seated and stuff and that has been um pushed back three or four times now so we're really we're just hoping that it's going to actually happen but it looks like it will do But yeah, then obviously, but live streams are still happening. Like I've noticed that a lot of bands are doing live streams as well as doing socially distanced tours, like as part of the tour, which is quite interesting how that's that's a thing.
0: It does feel like there's a kind of mixture, you know, when we get out of this this whole situation, it feels like there might be some things that we take from it and there might be some new new norms. But I guess everyone really does want to get back to 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 live live music. Yeah, I just think, like, for for a lot of people,
2: a lot of performers and artists, like, you know, that release, that kind of um, just that process of playing for an hour and letting off whatever it may be. Like, a lot of people just haven't been having that in their lives. And I know personally, like, that's massive for me. And I really noticed it the last year, not being able to do that. So I'm, I'm look, really looking forward to letting off some steam. Also, like, nervous about it as well. I think it's going to be quite... A, I think we're all going to be like, it's going to be a hard tour, I think. I
1: feel like I'm nervous for almost everything but the actual performance, (laughs) which sounds really weird. But just like we had, we had such a great system before COVID and we were so, we got pretty smooth at it and quick and organised. And, you know, it's all a little bit different now. And I've been out of practice for a year and I'm just a bit, I don't know, it's just a bit nerve wracking, isn't it?
0: Is there, do you, I mean, you mentioned there when you were coming off, you were doing so much touring and do you get fatigue as a, as a band? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> extreme,
2: extreme fatigue. I think like, cause we're like, we're a smaller band, um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. So we do a lot of our own like crew and TMing, like, you know, we'll, we'll do that ourselves. It's kind of all in-house. So like it is, Yeah, it's absolutely knackering, to be honest.
1: I think especially for Jack as well, because he does the majority of the driving. So sometimes it'll be like, we'll play a show pack up and then it'll be like two hour drive to like somewhere that's like the cheapest airbnb we can find like within distance and then like sometimes up again in like a couple of hours and jack will have to drive us whereas some of us could like kip in the back or something but yeah and obviously it's really really hard to eat well on the road so kind of like have a lot of mackies and a lot of like shop sandwiches and stuff like that you know it's not like you can have a nice home-cooked like meal twice a day really so unless you're in Europe they're pretty
2: good at giving us that
0: I guess people don't think about that the other side as well do they
1: no yeah for sure
2: but yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna go in this May and just like when we go on tour in a few weeks we're just gonna make the effort to try and eat a little bit better because that is definitely something that you kind of you know but it's it's like a, it's a it's a funny one because you haven't got time to be eating well almost, you know. It's just like you need to just grab it while you can.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the UK needs to improve on healthier stops in in services.
2: Well, America is definitely worse than here. Yeah. But.
1: We have got M&S. Thank God for M&S.
0: Amen <laughs> to that um you um you've got an incredibly incredible live performance as a as a band as well looking at some of the live performances that you've you've released uh you've mentioned you've got new material um has this time made you and allowed you to reflect in a different way and come up with new songs in in the last eight months to the year
1: yeah i think well we started making we started making the album the new album at the start of lockdown. But since then, I think cuz so much has sort of happened to us emotionally and in our lives, I think like for me I I was actually like writing quite a lot of new songs to, throughout this time and um we actually did like swap a couple out and um, just to get something a little that felt a little bit more current and fresh uh in our in our minds and stuff so yeah i think
2: uh yeah we we've been really excited recently actually because we've got a bunch of new songs that we've we played we played our old set like uh, yeah we played it like a lot because we it was kind of a tactic we chose to do we 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 chose we had like 10 songs and we just like toured it like just relentlessly because we wanted it to be a really tight show like because we was playing to a lot a lot of new people like a lot of people that we were touring you know places we were going had never heard of us or seen us so we just wanted it to be like an amazing show like a really well rehearsed show not saying that the song didn't change you know like we had like the same structures with you know like songs did change and stuff but the, the songs themselves were the same but um so yeah we've been rehearsing recently a bunch of new songs and it feels amazing like yeah yeah it feels really good actually like we're kind of excited for May because we tested out all the new album uh,
0: this this relates to both of you but with the new album with the new new songs with uh, as you say like moving from the isle of, of man to to brighton um Lily I'll come to you first but what what does success look like for you in terms of the band
1: I think for me I just want to be playing in a really tight great unit band and playing to loads of people that love it like it's as simple as that for me like you know I go to like watch my favorite bands or like go to festivals and I just want I just want to be like doing the same thing. It almost sounds really corny now. That I'm like, now that I'm saying it, but it is for me, man. Like that's as simple as it is. I just want to play like some like killer shows to like loads of great fans that love our music and hopefully have like a long, long career doing so. You know, so that that that's me. Simple, simple Simon.
0: <laughs> what about you, Jack?
2: Yeah, mine's like obviously the same. Just those. Those moments where you're playing like to a, you know, to a really busy room, whether it be like, you know, a a small room or a big room, you know, just just the vibe is important. That feels like a a successful thing. I I think I've always said like, when we pack the van up and we leave the venue that night, and it's been a good show. That's like, for me, that is like that probably yeah, that's a success. But yeah, just to kind of like be able to chug along be happy and you know make make enough money to to carry on what we're doing i think that that for me that would be successful life yeah
0: as a band of uh, four, when you are writing an album, or you're touring, or you know all the things that that come with it, what involvement does ev- all of you play? Do you have like a certain role, like in the writing process? Is there one person that does it, and then someone else puts a little bit of an edit on it, or how does that work for you guys?
2: Um, yeah, kind of genuinely like Lily and I, we both write separately. I mean, like we yeah we've, we we rarely. Read- actually write together for the first album and most of the second album, it's literally like whatever song you hear, whoever's singing it genuinely has written it. And like most of the parts as well, like we kind of we write and we we demo it ourselves and then that's genuinely kind of how it would be. Although recently we've had like Henry Nicholson join our band. Um he's a he's a kind of a a really old friend of ours and um he's joined our band because becky left all on good terms and stuff but he's he's had a lot more of an input in terms of like decorating the songs little parts here and there that he'd um he'd had whilst we were writing it which, which was different for us but very very welcomed i think we were ready we were ready for that
0: so yeah do you write the lyrics first and then... Uh, so you're saying that you both write separate, um, separately. So does one of you write the lyrics and then come to the other and then the other's got the melody or how does that work?
1: No, normally I think we, we both are big fans of the Notes app on our phones. So I think both of us write a lot of that down, a lot of stuff in books, a lot of poetry, whatever. And then um, I mean I can't speak for Jack, but for me I I, when I whenever I'm sort of like doodling around on um on the guitar or like the piano or something, I'll just refer to that, and then a song will sort of squeeze out of it.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of it's rarely
1: a collaboration, like. But I think we've we've
2: we're really hoping
1: to to make a record, maybe the next one or the one after, where we just sort of take ourselves off together and collaborate because we 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 do intend to do that I think it would be a really nice thing for us to do it's not we're not like ruling it out at all
2: yeah it almost seems like a kind of concept album like us Mm -hmm. going away together to like actually come up with ideas from scratch together like because we just never do that I think like just because we like you know we obviously spend a lot of time together but we you just we write privately you know we don't live together so
0: well, you've both had solo uh, pursuits as well, uh, Lily. With uh, your, is it Kiki Lou? What's what's what was that? Uh, that band you had?
1: Kiki Lou, yeah. Um, I just that was a little project I started when I first got into writing music when I was about sixteen on the Isle of Man, and I um, Jack helped me make some sort of really like DIY like uh little EPs on band camp but then when I moved to Brighton to go to uni I started Cookie Lou the band with Jack and Becky who have been in Penelope Isles for the past five years and basically then when Jack moved to Brighton shortly after I moved to Brighton as well we turned Cookie Lou into Penelope Isles
2: so um yeah, so I think that's that's kind of why Th- this whole like exercise of like lily writing a song and then me writing a song and then we'll bring it to the table and make it into we'll we'll call it penelope R's. i think that is the reason it's stem because of our solo projects like we kind of you know lily would be cookie Lou. she'd write her songs and then i'd have my cubs Zoa stuff and then that's when we kind of agree to make the band um because we mm-hmm. just thought let's just do it let's just join teams essentially
0: do you feel like you've both i guess under really strained uh, a strained environment do you guys feel like you've learned more uh being an up and coming band in such a well fucking weird environment you mean do you mean like referring to like covid recently or well i guess just uh have you become closer uh, together you and lily or lily and, and jack or have you been able to you know hone in on some creativity uh have you managed to look at um, a different pathway for the band has it given you a little bit of an opportunity to kind of reset and and look at what the next steps are yeah i mean i mean behind the
2: scenes the last kind of six months the band like penelope isles we've had like we've had a bit of a change in terms of a lineup like henry joined at the start when we started making the second album and then um jack our old drummer left and then we got a new drummer in to help to help us make the record and then that didn't work out so then you know then we got we, we just started working with, an, with another drummer so yeah it's all kind of been a little bit like up in the air as like in terms of our band like our life like you know what is everything to us you know the the band is our main focus in terms of how we live our lives you know it's it, it's something that's our kind of rock and it keeps us focused on life and on the band and for a moment there there was like this there was like this kind of yeah unsettling moment where like we were just like it almost felt like we were you know it felt like our like it was crumbling away from us um and i think that's that's something that's kind of yeah it's something that we've really i'm kind of glad that it happened in a way because it's made us think about what the band is and how to you know how to treat it and learn that it's not always going to be you know there's going to be like little hiccups along the way but yeah we're feeling good about it now yeah it's been a bit of a kind of roller coaster but um I feel like we're coming from the other side and we're just really looking forward to going on the road next month.
0: Do you mention the amount of, uh, of it, the venues and the the gigs that you were playing? What's the most you reckon you've done in the calendar year?
1: Last year we
0: Well the year
2: before last. Last year oh, we did yeah. absolutely no gigs. But...
1: Oh yeah, the year before last we did a Christmas gig at in Brighton at the Horn. And that we were sell we were celebrating our hundredth gig of the year. So that was that's probably a bit of a record for us. Although thinking back, I reckon we probably did more gigs than that when we were first starting out and we were trying to get on any bill possible. You know, we were doing like back garden ones, <laughs> basement ones, <wands, laughs> anything we could get our hands on. So but I reckon, yeah, about, about hundred
0: is probably the most we've done in the year. Talking about basement gigs and the and the like is Brighton's quite good with that. I guess you Green Door Store it's been going for a while, but I remember when when I first went there and you it just felt a little bit grungy. It might have changed now, but it did feel quite uh, grungy and a little bit dirty and a bit more like kind of honest. Actually, mm-hmm. it felt like an honest venue to be playing at. Is there is there venues in Brighton that you 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 find are your favourite?
1: Well, we love Green Door Store, definitely. We've had loads of great gigs there and been to many great gigs. And I think one of the best things about Green Door is it can, you know, you can watch like a really small, barely any followers band and it'd be absolutely amazing. But you can also go and watch like quite a big band there and they sort of cater to both. But um, we also love the Prince Albert. That's where our first gig was. And uh, it sounds great. We love the sound man, John Fag. And, um, yeah, we, we've had some really, really special gigs in there.
0: I think. What about you, Jack?
2: Uh, yeah, I t- agree with Lily. Hope and Ruin is obviously kind of got a similar vibe to the green door store in terms of like the bands coming through. Yeah. Just really lucky to have these small, like grassroots venue that are just like fully on the circuit. Like, you know, all the bands that we're into and, you know on the scene that we're in like usually come through brighton and i think coming from the isle of man where like obviously no bands would ever come mm-hmm. like ever it's always just like a treat um and like lily said yeah
0: like watching just like super new bands that are onto something or what was the biggest band you can think of that came to um isle of man where you're like oh fuck yes there's a big band <laughs> yeah man um to be yeah like Kaiser
2: Chiefs came that was quite fun I I actually crewed on that gig um but yeah Do- Doves a Manchester band called Doves played um they've been a couple of times and the I've seen the Coral play there a few times which is amazing Snow Patrol Editors Pigeon Detectives yeah kind of like a couple of pretty ropey bands that didn't really stand the test of time but yeah Coral and Doves like still swear by those guys
1: tell hey, you who loved coming to the Isle of Man
2: jules holland
1: he yeah. absolutely loves it
0: love a bit of jules holland and you mentioned there with the 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 latest music bar as well and the fact that it, it seems like a i remember the first time i went there it seems like a weird place to be having up and coming bands but you know you mentioned about yourselves playing there and uh, you know i remember seeing idols and wolf alice there in front of maybe 15 20 people and then three years later they're kind of blown up so i mean brighton's perfect a perfect breeding ground for 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 having that experience i guess totally man i think with the
2: help of great escape as well you know yeah exactly like you said it is like a breeding ground latest music bar is a funny one isn't it it's kind of like Mm -hmm. but yeah they don't seem to be doing much at the moment well obviously not at the moment but like it feels like it's not a regular kind of venue that only happens now and then
0: it feels like it could be a, a jazz bar but also a rocky basement bar
2: yeah totally i think it would be good for a socially distanced like seated venue as well
0: yeah we're coming to the end of the episode now and i just wanted to i guess we've spoken to a few people that are in the not the ends of their career or they've they've got they've reached a fair height in what they've perceived and wanted to do in their own creative endeavors I guess you're fairly you're starting out um, uh, uh, as a fairly new band together and I wondered from what you've learned now and maybe potentially you'll listen to this in five ten years and go oh yeah that was that happened but what was the what's the best advice you'd give to an artist or a band uh starting out and are there any lessons you've learned along your journey that have really helped you i think for me personally it would be don't like
2: fear too much on the stuff that you put out i feel like you can kind of You can dwell, I mean, obviously it's great to be a perfectionist and that is important but I think it gets to a certain level that it could maybe like hold you back and I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in other bands where, you know, you just don't you're not putting the stuff out and this stuff's like, you know someone might hear it or someone might really enjoy it and I think, yeah, not to hold back so much and try and release music like as regularly as possible, obviously not too much. Yeah, that's something that I kind of, I wish that I'd done a bit earlier on and it's something that I'd like to go by in the future.
1: Yeah, I massively agree with that. I think being just as productive as possible uh, in the early stages is really important. I feel like we're almost, you know, we're we're definitely to some aspects still in the early stages and trying to be as productive as possible still too. But um, I think one of the most important things is actually just... Getting someone with a driver's license and getting a van and like touring, um, <laughs> I think we we definitely wouldn't. We we just toured so much, and I think it massively benefited us and every other kind of band. It's important, so um, that's that'll be my advice. Get on the road.
0: And it sounds like you even the the songs that you've created that you might not have thought that people liked, even they they're the ones that you've kind of put out, and you might have got even more positive feedback yeah totally man that's that's so true i think
2: yeah and and also like for me as like a producer as well it's like learning learning when the the mistakes are actually worth leaving in as well. I think that's kind of something that i'm get into grips with that it's really hard to do like you know when you hear those records and like it's obviously like a mistake or like an imperfection but that's kind of why you love that song i think that's something that i'm mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying to like yeah i'm trying to make that work like it's really difficult to know when to leave stuff in and put stuff out um but yeah it's definitely something to think about
0: great well jack and lily um really uh wish you the best in the the future and really looking forward to everything uh you've got coming up it's been great having you on and thanks uh thanks for for coming on oh thanks for having us hopefully
1: we'll come and hang out with you in melbourne one one day
0: Uh, that'd be great (laughs) thanks
1: guys (laughs) cheers bye-bye
0: see ya